Hello there, my name is Jeff and welcome to episode 12 of the Game Sharks Podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, pandemics. <laughs> oh, too soon, man. Self-quarantines. Oh, man. Dying. So living in the history book. <laughs> yeah, this is something unprecedented. Uh, joining me today, and video games! Uh, and video games! Joining me today, we have Adam. Hello. We have Derek. Hello. And for the first time ever... We have our friend, Nick Vanaka. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing really good. I'm Thanks happy for th- having me on the show. We are very happy to have you here. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're going to get this quick note out of the way. Obviously, you probably noticed by this point that we don't sound as good as we normally do. Um, I may sound pretty good because I'm still using my audio recording <laughs> equipment, but <laughs> everyone else is recording through their computers at home. We are practicing social distancing and uh, doing some self-quarantining, and we're recording from home uh, remotely. So uh, for the foreseeable future, the audio podcast is going to have a pretty serious dip in quality, but there's not much we can do about that because we are doing what we can to be safe and, you know, not spread the virus. So, yeah, this is what it's going to be. So there's your warning. Um, but... <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about some new stuff. We got an email from our most frequent emailer. Our main topic, uh, <laughs> you know it. Our main topic is we're going to talk about some fun couch co-op games that you can either play with four people in the same room or online with your friends, depending on your situation, uh, to kind of get through these awful times. But you know the rule. Every time we have a new guest on the podcast, we have a series of three questions that we ask them. So, Nick? Oh, man. Oh geez, it's funny because like I'm, I think I'm on episode three listening up to the Are podcast you? at this point. Yeah, okay. so but I totally forgot. I know that I know one of the questions is what is your favorite video game. Okay, so we're gonna so that s- one. I'm ready to answer. All right, <laughs> but... we're gonna start with what is your first video game memory? My, wow. All right, that that was the question. Okay, um, my first video game memory. Um, I think it was going over my neighbor's house and they had pac-man on their pc and it was like a 3d world oh wait no going further back all right it's coming back to me now it's playing (laughs) it's playing um kirby dreamland on the game boy while whilst driving at night and like you could only walk around when the street light went over the car (laughs) yeah (laughs) so because because i didn't have like the the light adapter for the game boy actually that wasn't even a thing the worm light Mm mm-hmm yeah, I had one. Yeah, I want to say up. those those didn't come till the, so, the Game Boy Color. Game Boy I think. Color, I, think. Uh, yeah. I may have had one for my Game Boy Pocket, but it was definitely not for the original Game Boy. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's as that's as far back as I can think. Sweet. All right. Question number two: What's your favorite video game of all time? It changed recently. Oh. When it was last. It was The Last of Us. Oh, oh my god. Um, just wait. You get to the episode uh, soon if you keep listening, because I only recently played The Last of Us within the last month. Oh, okay. I have some feelings about that game. <laughs> the yeah. Ladders of Us. Um, did you play the DLC too? No, I need to go back and do that. I think I'm going to do that before okay. the second game comes out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do another playthrough before 2 comes out. So, um, my favorite video game, Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. Oh. Rudy Tootie, been... Shooty Cowboy, the sequel? Yeehaw Skyrim, <laughs> yes. Huh, interesting. <laughs> um I know but, you've been yeah, trying it, to get me to play that game. Uh, from everything I've heard about it, it doesn't seem like a game I think I would enjoy, but that doesn't mean I'm not willing to give it a shot someday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you speak yeah. very highly of that game. Yeah, and and like I love The Last of Us, like the story so mm. much. Yeah, but Red Dead as well just hit me, hit me so good. <laughs> and I have to give it to like the gameplay and the, like the whole environment. Yeah, it's a little bit slower, but it was like partially role playing, and like I felt like I was in Arthur's shoes the whole journey. Like get up in the morning, shave, like cook and eat, and talk to the people in the camp, and then go about your day. And what's the adventure like? gonna take you and then you're in the forest just riding around and his interaction come up and it was the experience kind of hit me more of i was controlling a character in a period of time rather than playing a video game hmm interesting the high statement but yeah yeah that's the experience i got and that's how i felt (laughs) derek did you ever play red dead 2 yes uh i i played it when it came out um i i loved it Uh, i know a lot of people you know, I love that it's slow. I love that the controls are a little clunky and it takes time to kind of do your inputs. And uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it makes you, uh, you know, it, it make you have to slow down a little bit. And there's so much in that world to kind of just like sit and look at and enjoy that. I think, uh, you know, a game that wasn't as slow as that, you'd you'd miss that. And yeah, I, I love it. I think you should play it, Jeff. I think it's... Yeah. Uh, did, did you ever play the first one? I played... I never beat the story for the first one. I think I got about halfway through the story, and I enjoyed what I played. I think what ruined the first one for me was I tried the online for it, and then uh, that game was just filled with people <laughs> who spawn-camped new players, and so I would spawn and then die, and then spawn and walk a little bit and die. So I did that for about an hour, two hours, and I saw, okay, I'm done with this, and I I don't know if that deterred me from going back to the story, or if something else had come out, so I just wanted to play that whatever new thing, but I definitely right. got at least halfway through that game, and I enjoyed what it was, but I don't know. The slower games never seem to really stick with me. Um, so, how would you compare it speed-wise to Last of Us? Because I loved The Last of Us, and if you, those are both two of your favorite games of all time, Nick. I'm curious to yeah. how how they compare for you, kind of pacing-wise. Are they similar? Pacing-wise, I mean, no, because Red Dead could take as long as you want to beat that game. Okay. Like, I think my first playthrough, I had like seventy, maybe eighty hours in there because I was like hunting the hunting all the legendary animals and just so many like side extra things you can do. Um, and Last of Us is it's it is pretty linear. It's just a matter of like going through the story. Yeah. You know. So, and I think like in terms of like giving yourself extra things to do, adventuring, exploring, Last of Us doesn't fulfill that. Okay. Um. Yeah, maybe I'll put it on my list of games to play when the summer is kind of slow. Uh, who knows? Maybe if things keep getting worse the way it is that uh, games will get delayed and there'll be like a patch. Kind of like there's going to be a patch of time where no movies are coming out. Maybe there'll be this patch of time where no video games are coming out. So I'll be yeah. able to tackle things like Red Dead 2 and Persona 5, which is another one on a, my list of game that will take very long to play, but I still really want to put the time to do yeah, at some same. point. Yeah, Persona 5 in my queue. Was that a, a pun? Isn't there no, a game called why? Persona 5Q? Or Persona Q? Uh, There's some Persona Royal? game no. with a Q in it. Oh, we'd, have I, to, we'd have to ask Andrew. He'd know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, oh, we have one more question for you, Nick. Yeah. Question right. three. Who's your Super Smash Brothers main? My Super Smash Brothers main? It yeah. was Mario for a long time, but now it's Byleth. You play Blith? And it was... <laughs> <laughs> 
Blath. <laughs> um, it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of sad too because like I played Mario for so long. You've been playing Mario um, for yeah as long as I can remember for so long, and then um, Byleth came out, and I like I played a few games, and my friend already was like, "Wow, your Byleth is way better than your Mario." And oh. I was like, "Oh, oh no, oh, no!" It's crazy because you sent me a picture of uh, you have a coffee cup like a travel mug with yes. Byleth on it drinking tea. <laughs> And I was like, oh, how do you feel about uh, Byleth and Fire Emblem Three Houses? And you said, I've never played it before. <laughs> yep. So you sp- solely have that because of her being them. I always see Byleth as a girl. I played as female Byleth. So, uh, but mm-hmm. from having them in Smash, that's the only like exposure you had yeah. to them. Uh, I did let and... you borrow Three Houses this past weekend. So, yep. Yeah, that was the next point I was going to say. I was like, I was actually going to buy Fire Emblem because I was like, wow, this character is great. I bet the story and everything involved with it is awesome as well. And I had never played a Fire Emblem game. So. Nice. We do have a Fire Emblem episode. Uh, I think it's episode think- five or six-ish, but yeah. it's okay. pretty spoiler-tastic, so you're probably going to want to avoid that one until you beat it. But once you do beat it and you listen to it, it's going to blow your mind, because we learned some stuff. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. It's really cool. Um, I enjoyed that conversation we had about it. Yeah, so I don't want to get too far into it, but you said everyone did different houses. We all, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay, so um, Derek was the Black Eagles, which is what you are doing currently. Oh, um, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So superior. superior. Nah, dude, Golden Deer is like the main line for that game. <laughs> Nobody can convince me otherwise. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, those are my those are my three questions. Sweet. Let's not derive into Fire Emblem too much. Yeah. Seriously. Um. All right. Let's move on, and uh, you're probably going to hear some clicking and some typing during this podcast. There's not much I can do about it, uh, so I'm, I apologize for any clicking you may hear. I don't have a trackpad. <laughs> I have my mouse that's obnoxiously loud. Um, so let's move on to emails, email, singular, and it's from the one and only Steve, who yeah. has Steve. who's been emailing just about every episode. Giving us some hey, it's consistency. We'll take that. Yeah, he's giving us his input on most of the things we talk about and some interesting questions. This is a really short one though. He said, "Hello, podcast hosters. I think there's a very high chance that E3 will continue because CEOs are often old school and think that these big events are good for morale and industry. I also think there are so many average people who recognize E3 that it could be worth the while to continue. I personally have never heard of PAX, but I know about E3. I don't know the format of E3, but I could." But it could be great for media coverage, Steve. Um, so, yeah, he's just basically pointing out how – and I kind of agree with him. It's like E3 transcends just the gamers, and it kind of pierces through to uh, the everyday people. You see stuff about it on um, just the general news sometimes. Just It, reach, it has a farther reach than any other uh, gaming conference of this kind. So I could easily Truly, see, yeah. uh, last week, Nick, we talked about how E3 got canceled and postponed because of the okay, COVID-19. Yeah, was... So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, basically I think he has a good point saying that it could potentially continue just because of how, how much penetration it has into the greater, uh, population of people who aren't necessarily tuned into games. So that's a good point. We'll see. I don't know. They're already taking it in a new weird direction. And regardless, I don't think it'll be the same, I think is the biggest thing after this year, because it was already shaping up to be something entirely different. And then now, like we said, going forward, 
after this year of not happening. I think it's going to be kind of different. So yeah, that was our only email. So let's move on to the news. Um, What do we have this week, Jeff? All right. So I'm going to get this out of the way to start. COVID-19 is ruining the world. (laughs) We're all going (laughs) to die. That's not true. But uh, it's having a huge effect on everything. We've talked about it for the last several weeks. Uh, So my new thing that I'm going to do so that we're not spending large chunks of every episode talking about every effect that it's having on uh, the gaming industry is I'm writing a small bullet point list and I'm going to read through the bullet point list pretty quickly uh, of everything that happened in the past week related to COVID-19. And then if anyone wants to say anything about any of the things in particular, we can talk about it for a little bit, but I don't want to linger on these too much because it's sad and depressing and uh, yeah. So let's just get these out of the way. <laughs> so uh, oh, esports everywhere are being canceled. However, starting this weekend, the LCS and the LEC, which is the European North American League of Legends championships, are coming back. They're doing all of their games um, digitally or they're playing online as opposed to in local networks. Not every game can really pull that off, but League has such a strong infrastructure that they're going to be able to do that. So I was very sad, but now I'm very excited. Cloud9 is going to win for the first time since 2015. I'm very excited. Uh, actually, it might be <laughs> 2014. Um, you heard of Pokemon Go? How about Pokemon Stay? They changed uh, some aspects of Pokemon Go so that you can play from just staying in your house so you don't have to go out and socialize with people. So that's pretty cool. A little weird considering it's a game about walking around and they're making it so you don't have to walk around to play it. That's just Pokemon. Um, <laughs> Xbox Series I mean, X. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. No, I mean, you're right. <laughs> Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 are saying that they're still on track for holiday releases. And as of now, they don't project any delays due to the virus. Uh, Doom Eternal released one day early, that's today, so that it wouldn't uh, be released the same day as Animal Crossing so that there would be less people at the stores lining up to kind of try to split it between two days instead of one massive day. Something small but kind of cool. So Derek, after this, you can go play Doom Eternal if you didn't know that that happened. No, I can't. Why? It only released physically at GameStop. A day early? Yeah, I that's... can't. I'm looking at it right now on Steam, and it says coming March 20th. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear uh, that. Uh, I can't um, play it. So, Smash DLC seems to be indefinitely delayed. Sakurai said he had a meeting scheduled with some higher-ups at Nintendo to discuss a DLC character, but that meeting was canceled and delayed indefinitely. So, it sounds like this doesn't necessarily mean that the next one or two characters are delayed. That might already be kind of done and ready to be released whenever. This could be a third or fourth character in the next uh, set to be released, but it could also have been the first one. Who knows how at what point they started working on these new characters. Uh, Interesting. What and if then... it was a whole... <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. No, go ahead. What if it was a whole... Um... Oh, God, what the hell is that game called? With Mickey Mouse in it. Um... Epic Mickey. And and the Keyblade, King, I'm, Kingdom I'm Hearts, Kingdom, a total Kingdom Hearts package where like they had just released like seven new Kingdom Hearts characters for Smash. Would you like that? Uh, I mean, Sora and Smash would be really cool, but as long as they don't do anything with the story, I don't know. Kingdom Hearts sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the last piece of the COVID quick list is. Physical copies of video games going forward may be delayed. So Square Enix kind of made a note saying Final Fantasy VII Remake is still planned to be released on, what is that, April 
5th? April 5th, yeah. Sometime around then. First Friday in April. Uh, however, physical copies uh, may be slowed to be, if you, say, ordered it through Amazon or something, uh, they may not arrive on day one. They may take a little while to get to you. Um, copies, they're not sending might not be able to send as many copies as they wanted to places like GameStop and Walmart and stuff like that. So uh, just be prepared to kind of download a lot of your games digitally if you want them the day of. My buddy Jin is letting me borrow his copy. He has a problem where he likes to buy things. So he bought Final Fantasy VII Remake and he's just having it shipped to my house. I I have his PlayStation 4 right now. (laughs) International Baker Jin, baby. Uh, But I very much want to play that game on day one. So I may end up buying it digitally anyways. And then because I do want to own the game at some point. So it doesn't matter to me. It's worth it because it's Final Fantasy. But that might be a trend going forward in general. Um, So, yeah, that's your COVID quick list, which is I'm going to try to do every week. Keep track of all the happenings and cancellations and whatnot. And boom, we're done. Does anyone have anything they want to say about any of those things? I do. Uh, Okay. Yeah, go ahead, ahead, Nick. Uh, all right, all right, sorry. Um, two things quick. So I'm excited for Final Fantasy VII. I've never completed a Final Fantasy game before. Okay. Tried with Seven, the original one. I just couldn't couldn't do it, man. Like it was yeah. just getting past like the the graphics and the visuals. It was just so square. When did you square try to play it? What? When did you try to play when? it? Um, probably four years ago, three four years ago. Yeah, it can be rough to go to for the first time nowadays because mm-hmm. it's it's definitely old and is clunky and is you can yeah uh, exactly. So I I'm still love to it, give but... that a try. <laughs> um, sorry, I, talk, I spoke over you. Um, but the second thing I wanted to say about the COVID quick list is I'm like I'm already tired of the memes. What memes? <laughs> the memes, like all the all the, yeah. the memes with like the toilet paper everywhere. Yeah. Already, already t- all right, that's my that's my response. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek, what do you want to say? Uh, I was gonna say just uh, I think I've been um, now like day of releases. I just automatically go digitally, and if if I get something like after the fact, then I'll I'll go physical. But if like day, if I want it day of, I just download it digitally. Digitally. Yeah. Um. So I still like to buy my games physically when they're big single player games, just so I have mm-hmm. physical copies of it. I can let friends borrow it. Uh, like Fire Emblem Bloom's a good example. I beat that. I'm done with it. And now I'm letting Nick play it. Um. And that way. Uh. Yeah. For kind of those reasons, and I just like to have them. Um. But when I'm playing smaller indie games or games that are primarily, um multiplayer or games that i'm going to want to boot up and close frequently like i bought animal crossing which is coming out tomorrow digitally so that because that's a game i'm going to open and close every single day i don't want to have to take a cartridge out uh, (laughs) and swap it every single time i want to check in on that every day so that seemed like a good one to beat at uh digital but i don't know more the more i go forward the more and more digital games i'm getting for sure and the amount of physical games i'm getting is smaller and smaller i know our friend uh other nick is very much against digital games in every fashion he thinks he's afraid (laughs) the world's gonna end and he's gonna have no way of ever playing them again which is to some degree valid but he's also crazy he keeps telling me all of my echoes in my house are gonna wake up and kill me one day so i don't know he's a bit of a crackpot hopefully this will be a a test to see if he actually listens he claims he does but we'll see (laughs) <laughs> um cool all right let's move on from covid we'll check in next week if we're all alive <laughs> uh so 
there was a Nindies Direct the other day, and they kind of they do these every couple of months, and they're just indie games that are coming to the Nintendo Switch over time. Did any of you uh, watch the presentation? I did. It was actually immediately after something else I was watching too. So just kind of, I watched the video games for like two hours that day. It was nice. Nice, uh, Derek, Nick, either of you? Nope. I I did watch it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there were 22 games announced. My question to you is, were there any that stuck out to you as something that you think looks cool, looks interesting, something you were excited about? Uh, uh, one that I saw that I kind of took notice to because it looks like something I'm very much into uh, play-wise style. It's a game called Blue Fire. Blue Fire. Let me see. I have a list of them in front of me. Okay, yeah. From Graffiti Games. So kind of explain what that was because that one's I'm drawing a blank on that one. Uh, so it was, it's kind of like an action adventure RPG kind of style thing, but with a lot of platforming challenges. It just kind of had this really interesting art style to it, and with the the uh, platforming challenges and the adventure and you know finding gear and upgrades aspects to it, it mm-hmm. kind of sounds like something that'd be my alley as to the things I like playing. Cool. All right, I'll have to keep an eye out for that one then. Derek, was there anything that stuck out to you specifically? Uh, I want to say uh, the last campfire uh, looked interesting. That's the one by Hello Games, right? Yeah, guys who made No Man's uh, Sky. Yeah, it looks like it's like a kind of a little puzzle adventure game. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Um, uh, I haven't played Enter the Gungeon yet. It's mm-hmm. been on my my list of of games to play. But uh, Exit the Gungeon also looked pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks. It. I don't know much about Enter the Gungeon, but it almost looks just like a direct sequel to it. Just another bullet hell dungeon climber kind of thing. So uh, the the one thing I did notice is that I think the perspective change. Uh, I think Enter the Gungeon's a top down where this is like a two D platformer. It, it, yeah, is is facing. I don't know what you call that perspective. Two um, D the side. Yeah, it's like a side perspective. Side scrolling? Is that what you call it? Side scrolling, yes. Okay, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) Hard things to think about. Um, (laughs) Cool. There was a a couple that kind of caught my eye. There's this one called Baldo. It looks almost like Nina Kuni art style. Mm -hmm. It's just an action adventure RPG type thing. Just the art style is very uh, interesting to me. Nick, there's a cyanide and happiness game they announced called Freak Apocalypse. What? I'll read Heck the yeah. I'll read the description for you from ex explosum. Wow, that's a hard word to explosum. say. Explosum. Um, <laughs> explosum. <laughs> Oops. Explosum Games and Serenity Forge. This new game takes place in the post-apocalyptic world that destroyed everything and left everyone horribly mutated. Players will be tasked with solving puzzles and surviving in what's left of our world. Cyanide and happiness freak aqu- freak apocalypse <laughs> uh, will come out in the summer of 2020. Uh, and it's okay. it's all the same art style as Cyanide and happiness. It looks pretty cool. Yes. All right, great. Um, Derek, have you heard of Quantum League before? No, but that looked interesting. So I'd heard of this before, and I don't know how well they kind of explained it in the video but basically what happens is uh think of the gulag from the gabagool from, yeah, the gabagool <laughs> from Warzone. yeah so 
it's basically that and you're 1v1ing a guy and think it can be 2v2 and the, a round plays out and say you kill the other guy so then round two happens and you and the other guy from round one are there and you do whatever it is you did on round one but this time you can affect the things that happen in round one so say the other guy in round two spawns and he shoots you your the round one version of you before the round one version of you can kill the round one version of the other player and it's kind of a point based system on how many of your people are alive at the end of each round and i think you do that either three or five times and it keeps layering on so Maybe in round three, you kill his round two guy so that your round one guy still kills his round one guy. It's really confusing and weird and kind of hard to explain, but it looks really cool. Yeah, uh, that looks really, really cool. So it's, it's a it was a timed exclusive? I think I it's already say. on PC. Oh, is it already? Yeah, people already? are already playing this game. I'm pretty sure it's on PC. So okay, that looks so really cool. Coming to Switch. That's coming to Switch. I think said summer, late 2020. Um, There was another couple that looked cool. Or another, or at least one. Sky Racket caught my eye. Um, Sky I don't know exactly what it is. It looks like some weird tennis side-scrolling shoot 'em up thing. I don't know if it's a and like you break blocks. I don't know if it's like a multiplayer competitive thing or co-op. I don't know. It looked interesting. Uh, laser tennis racket is one of the the phrases it's used to describe it. So that intrigues me. So okay. <laughs> uh, and then the only other one is moving out which is i don't know if it's made by the same people but it's basically just um overcooked with moving furniture yeah that one did look cool (laughs) and overcooked is really fun so yeah it would be another fun couch co-op game which is relevant to what we're going to be talking about later um overall there wasn't anything that super wowed me and really made me be like oh man i'm excited for this like no ha no hollow knight silk Mm -hmm. song nothing kind of on that level it felt like a lot of people were expecting Silk Song either a release date or new footage or something. Yeah, I know Andrew was really pumped and pushing for it, and it didn't happen. He's like, "Oh man." Yeah, um, I, I kind of feel like uh, Silk Song is going to have its own thing. Like we know that Team Cherry doesn't really go in all this timeline. They keep saying it's out when it's out when it's good. Yeah, they they're kind of. I don't think they need to be part of an Indies Direct for. I think it's just going to happen, and that's going to be that. Um, they're going to do their own thing. Um, but today, um, let's see. There's a new game announced from, what's the name of the studio? Developer Sabotage. Um, so those are the guys who made, um, what's the ninja game? The Messenger? Oh, okay. Ooh. They're making a new game, and it's a classic turn-based RPG that takes place in the world of The Messenger. Uh, but it's a thousand... Is it a thousand? It's like a thousand years before the messenger, so they're kind of making cinematic universe, even though it's not cinema. Um, for yeah, and it looks <laughs> they're kind of so the messenger was uh kind of taking a lot of Ninja Gaiden themes and building off of that, whereas this is kind of more so almost Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG style, Super Nintendo oh. RPGs. So yeah, this game actually excited me and it looks really cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I didn't... The Messenger is on our list, right? It is on our list of games to play for the okay. book club. I hope it gets picked at some point because I always wanted to play. The idea of jumping between 8-bit and 16-bit was seemed cool to me. And I heard it's a pretty fun game. So, But honestly, this excites me more than The Messenger just because I love classic SNES-era RPGs. 
So, yeah, that looks cool to me. Um, cool. And the last two pieces of news for the day. Um, Derek, I'm going to kind of let you take the reins and lead us through this conversation. But we got the full specs revealed for both the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Uh, you're our tech guy. So <laughs> the only thing that I took from it is that PS5 has way less teraflops. So, <laughs> and that sounds bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, why don't you kind of lead this conversation, uh, what you took away from both the specs and yeah, go for it. So I've got kind of, uh, um, a, a, uh, a comparison, uh, chart up right here. So obviously neither, neither announced their price, mm-hmm. um, from, from the kind of the, the specs, people are expecting PlayStation to be cheaper than the Xbox. Okay. Um, Which I think would be huge for them. Yeah. Whatever. And I, that was, that was their price point. I, I think this generation as well, they were, it was cheaper than the Xbox one X. So I think they've, they've maybe, you know, they realize, Hey, that's a good selling point. Learn from the mistakes of the PS three where it was grossly overpriced. Right. Right. Wasn't yeah. the first one $800. I think six hundred. Yeah, I want to say it was about six hundred when the Xbox three hundred and sixty was that going for three hundred at the time. No, uh, four hundred. I think it was three fifty. Okay, about still significantly yeah, cheaper than the PlayStation, and it killed them off the yeah. bat for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, both both expected for holiday twenty twenty. Uh, both got UK four uh, K UHD Blu ray drives. Um, RAM same same amount of RAM sixteen gigabytes of GD GDDR six. Uh, but now so the first uh, memory bandwidth. So I believe that's the right speed of the storage, okay. or uh, kind of like the right and access speed. Um, or may or or is it the or maybe it's the bandwidth of the RAM? I think it might be the bandwidth of the RAM. So that's there's a little difference there. Uh, PlayStation is at a solid four eight four four eight gigabytes gigabits gigabytes per second, whereas Xbox is ten at five sixty and then six gigs at three thirty five. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the RAM. Um, so I I can't you know you can't really tell too much from there. It sounds like uh PlayStation, you know, they'll be writing to that that RAM at the same rate uh while you're playing the game whereas the Xbox as it gets more um the you know the if you've got more going on, you know, they they talk a lot about the uh the ability to to just start right into games from from loading up your console. Uh that was like a big selling point, I think that they want uh and you can have multiple games kind of running at the same time so i think you know you'll see if you've got one two games running um they'll probably load pretty quickly but if you start getting the more you get you, you know, the more you got going on in your console you know, like a normal pc you're, you're going to start seeing it slow down a little bit um as it tries to access uh stuff in ram and and, and everything um let's see cpu uh pretty much the same um but now here's where the, what you're talking about the teraflops jeff okay um <laughs> teraflops so they both use custom amd radeon uh gpus which 
is this is where like the uh, the big comparison comes in because it's not like they're running two different uh like chipsets or any or like the the you know the text different it, the, they're the same thing but obviously custom for each one so that's where you're going to see a lot of the comparisons that's why people are saying oh the xbox is going to be more powerful because you know if if i've got two of the same things and one's faster than the other yeah obviously you're going to think the faster one's going to be a little more more powerful um both i think are expected to support ray tracing which is kind of like the you know the new the new buzz yeah the new hot thing yeah, and if we want to, so for talking fl- teraflops, um, the P- PS4 GPU is 10.28 teraflops, teraflops, which the 10. P- point what? What did you say? 10.28 teraflops, where the PS4 Pro is 4.2. So oh, wow. that I mean that's a, it's still a large, it's a huge leap. Yeah, more than double. Um, Okay, well, hold on. What is a teraflop? So a teraflop is uh, the amount of computations. Uh, the so it's flops stands for f- uh, floating, floating operating. You missed the L. pointer. Oh wait, the L is included in floating. Yeah, uh, floating point operations per second. So it's basically how many compute like how many computations the GPU can do per second so i mean 10.28 that's that's good it's a it's a pretty good leap over over the ps4 pro um but in comparison the xbox is at 12 so that's even a even bigger leap over the uh the playstation yeah um the, yeah i this is where i kind of am like yeah, all right. The Xbox is going to be more powerful, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a consumer. I want more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, so, like, at what at what cost? For what? At what? You know why? Like, uh... <laughs> are we at a point of diminishing returns where the difference between 10.2 and 12 teraflops are kind of not noticeable? Is that right? I like. I think. The ray tracing might look a little bit better on a uh, on the Xbox, but you know, just a little bit. Is it those three blades of grass in the corner, or is it like the whole picture? That's yeah. That's the question. Is like you know what? How how much better is it going to look? And we're not going to know until um, AAA game studios start putting out you know their games and uh, those those. You know, people like Digital Foundry are able to play the games and say, "All right, here's what's different between the Xbox version and the PlayStation version." Um, mm. So yeah, I, I'm graphic fidelity is going to be a little different. You know, uh, like just like you know, on a on a PC, if you you know got a little bit less of a GPU, it does look you know, and you're trying to run high, and you can't, you know, it might be a little slow. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. Um, mainly because both are expected to support 4K and 8K. Ooh, wow. And refresh refresh rates up to 120 hertz, which is uh, surprising. Um, because you don't see a lot of 120 hertz 
televisions on the market. <laughs> Most are are sixty, even even thirty, I think, for for TVs. So kind of future proofing in that manner. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, that's definitely a you know future proofing. Or if you're someone like me who I have you know I have multiple monitors, um, you know I could plug in my one forty four hertz. Uh, PC monitor and with my console and it would, you know, they would, I would get 120 FPS. Well, you know, if, if, you know, if the game can hit it, whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, frames per second, all, you know, all that stuff. But uh, I'll be happy uh, personally, if they hit 4k 60, if yeah. we get 4k 60 FPS, like smooth, constant, I'll be happy. That's fair. Uh, <sighs> uh, so I, the big the big difference and what Sony spent a lot of time on in their presentation was their storage, their SSD. So they have a custom uh, SSD uh, that is built to like send data or access data like extremely, extremely quickly. Um, and they talked a lot about, uh, which I thought was really interesting to the position about like level design. And how games now you see level design where you like you gotta there's like little certain things you see in between areas like maybe an elevator or uh, like a twisting roadway to help load in that next area. And mm. so the biggest thing I took from that is I'm curious I'm excited to kind of see where game design goes with this technology. Uh, you know the ability to just load that next level that next part of the game immediately without having to send the player off on like a loading screen or you know a 10 second elevator ride or <laughs> or walking through you know uh, a twisty cavern so the big room of the cave can load you know it, the classic behind the scenes tricks for kind of loading stuff in the background without right. making you think about it mm-hmm. right right we talked about like how you know games r- driving games will um kind of restrict how fast the car really goes so you don't outdrive the loading of the the track and stuff like that like you know like Grand Theft Auto you know eventually you, your car hits a top speed because if you drove too fast you would outdrive the loading of all the you know to prevent <laughs> pop in and all that kind of stuff so it's it, it's that's that's I think that's really cool um I think it's something I think we're going to see really taken advantage of in their first party titles and that's i think that brings me kind of like to the biggest thing between these two is xbox seems like they're designing the console for someone who like cares about graphics who might they might have a pc but want maybe a high performance console that you know they're, they're going to use the buzzwords the you know we've got 12 teraflops and you know like we can do 8K and and uh, stuff like that, but Sony seems like they're trying to push the envelope of game design a little bit with with their technology. Um, and when you look at their first party studios and the stuff they've been able to do with the PlayStation 4, uh, I'm really excited to see what they can do with this all this new stuff in the PlayStation 5. Uh, you know. Yeah, the first party Xbox titles look good. I mean, Gears looks good. I don't are there other first party titles? I don't really know. Forza. Um, but they don't do anything new. 
you know they don't push the envelope anywhere so i yeah it's so i I, i'm probably gonna buy a playstation because that's kind of you know i look forward to those those um exclusive those those exclusive titles uh but i'll probably also buy an xbox because i'm just stupid like that (laughs) so i was gonna ask you uh based on all these stats and numbers because these are very hardcore inside baseball numbers um what say you're only going to buy one console you only have the money to buy one console and excluding the fact that you could play all of xbox's games on your pc anyways if you could only buy one based on these numbers and it sounds like you already answered this uh which one were you going to choose and it sounds like you chose the ps5 just because it sounds like you're more interested in what they're doing they have a more focus to their console whereas xbox seems to just go and be going for beef and raw strength yeah Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I, and I, I can see all, like, one of the other things that Xbox has the leg up over PlayStation is their backwards compatibility. Um, I think you, if you asked me 10 years ago, you know, what, what I would get, I would probably pick the Xbox because I cared a little bit more about backwards compatibility then. Mm-hmm. But now I, I just care less about being able to play old games on my console and i would rather be able to play the new stuff yeah not enough time (laughs) for old games anyways like i get the nostalgia feeling of going back and i when red dead 2 came out i talked to myself in the head all you know like i'm gonna play red dead 1 again i'm gonna play it again like it's on xbox backwards compatibility i never touched it i never played it (laughs) because i just didn't have time (laughs) and i don't i've already played it you know yeah uh i i definitely am in the the playstation 5 corner and uh if i had to buy one it would be that one all right interesting interesting that's cool um so yeah a lot of raw stats here for us um obviously as time goes on we're gonna get more consumer baseline level focused things about what are the features of the console a lot of people are very interested in what's the design of the console what's the controller look like more stuff that's gonna get people uh more general people interested in buying the consoles as opposed to these numbers that are more so for the people like us who are like really looking deep into the specs of things um so that'll be interesting and kind of fun to get into when that happens but yeah this is the first we've heard of the playstation 5 and even after such a numbers heavy and phrase heavy uh little press conference they did or presentation they seem to have already swayed you over derek so that's pretty pretty good for them is looking. Uh yeah. And you know, I can't I can't say I won't buy an Xbox because I know they're they're trying to build up that that first party. They've they've made a lot of studio acquisitions. So if they get something out that impresses me and it's not well, I just think it's probably gonna be on PC Game Pass. I'm probably able to play it on a PC, so why why even bother? Yeah, that's the thing is I don't <laughs> think I'll get the next Xbox because I can just play it all on my PC. I just spent money to upgrade my graphics cards so i don't need the new xbox whereas i'm not gonna be able to play god of war 2 or spider-man 2 on my pc so i'm gonna need a ps5 so but that's not what xbox is trying anyways they're more so concerned about their ecosystem uh, and game pass and stuff like that so if if i'm playing on my pc they're happy anyways so it doesn't matter we're not their market anymore yeah exactly (laughs) one Uh, of the things i i've been trying to think about is like i'm not I'm not in the market. I'm not the market for consoles anymore. Uh, now that I am like a an adult with an income, 
Yeah, right? <laughs> and, like, we pay a lot of attention because the consoles are for kids who don't really get into PC gaming or younger people who don't have their own income and their parents can just buy them this all-encompassing video game device. Or, right. or people who aren't so ingrained into the gaming world that they'll buy the next PlayStation uh, and get every Call of Duty, every Madden, and one or two games besides that, you know? Right. Um, that's... They'll, they'll probably end up playing one or two of the exclusives, you know, Spider-Man and, and you know, Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those are who they're mostly marketing to at this point. Um, right. I mean, to play Devil's Advocate a little bit, you say they're not their target market, but you've talked about 10 minutes of, like, which console should I buy? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to buy them both. So, <laughs> yeah, Well, exactly. They don't have to market to us because we're going to buy it no matter what. They could just yeah. say the words PlayStation 5 out this day. <laughs> tell us nothing about it, and we would buy it because... I foam at the right. mouth. Yeah, no. exactly. So we're not the people they're targeting with their advertising anymore. You yeah, know, I guess that's a better. They got us. <laughs> um, they're not trying to reel us in. We already we already took the bait. We're digesting exactly. it. No. Um, um, if I could throw in my my five hundred cents, I would um, love to hear your five hundred cents. Okay. Um, but so for me, it's like, like I have a PC. Console gaming is kind of like my casual step back from it it's yeah. like anything you know what i mean like anything i'm going to be playing a, a lot like except for smash like putting a bunch of time into it's on my pc um i think for a console if you're de if you're i don't want to say committed or dedicated to it but like if you really like if that's your sole gaming thing it's also an entertainment platform mm. you're gonna love all the other features on it you're gonna have it on your big 70 inch tv in the living room so everyone sees it and ogles over it and it's f for me i like to differentiate the oh uh the um oper not the operating systems but like the the interfaces of mm -hmm. what you yeah. see what you select like a lot of people are like oh yeah the playstation thing is dumb like how it's like weird like slide in one row and then you go up and down to select to find the thing you want like but i know xbox kind of went a little bit um, almost like windows 8 with the appearance of it yeah the yeah. tiles i really missed the razor blades the from blades? The xbox 360 oh. <laughs> bring back the blades it works so well it's amazing how everyone had things that worked pretty decent and then they get away from them and people are like we don't like this and they say okay we'll fix it and they make it worse yeah. it's like, go back to yeah. simple simple is good yeah i can't i can't even remember what the playstation 2 one looked like but i never remember complaining about it either so did it have one i thought it just booted straight into games Right. There yeah. Was no thing, if there was no game in there in the console. Oh, see, I, I never did that, so I have no idea what that looked like. <laughs> I think all you could do was like look at your memory card. Yeah, that's what we need to go back to. Okay, just look at your memory card. That's it. <laughs> Kidding. Even I like the Switch's interface. If they just had more way to like make folders and customize where things are, it would be perfect because it's nice and simple. If you just had a little bit of customization, that's all you need. But, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I just found out there's a dark theme there, so. Oh, dude, I've been using dark theme since day one. <laughs> Hells yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that was my 500 cents of just, like, also consider how things look, how user-friendly is it, is it a pain in the ass to make a party, join a party, or look at your trophies, all, like, you know? Yeah. So, like, PlayStation 4, like, I had trouble, not that I have trouble with it, but there's just, on the burden of updates, I haven't bought the newest version of the console so it's like, yeah, it takes like 30 seconds to join a party mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. load someone else's trophy if I'm viewing their profile to look at or to compare. So yeah. so different things like that. I know it's, you know, I know it's not the latest and greatest, so I'm a little behind with that. But <laughs> but and 
kind of back when like they first announced oh we're doing the playstation pro and the xbox scorpion or the xbox x what was it like the, xbox they just like upgraded one it. x they they upgraded it a little bit and i was like oh that's the iphone next number yeah the like, iphone oh. plus i don't want to spend 500 dollars every other year for half step consoles and, that's i bought a pc real quick after that i was like i'm not falling into the, the phone jump like i still have an iphone 6 like i'm <laughs> yeah you know I, you don't need to upgrade it like it's just it's ridiculous uh adam as someone who i believe has never owned a playstation or an xbox do you have any thoughts on this uh not in particular really if i was ever gonna pick one i would have to go down to the particular games i could get for each one just kind of see which one fits my play style more yeah I mean, you you are currently in the process of building your own PC, and once that is accomplished, you can pay, play almost every single Xbox game on that PC. So well, exactly, yeah. So at that point, for that reason, if I was going to pick one, it'd probably be a PlayStation. Yeah, there'd be no need. Seems... Yeah, exactly. Um. All right. Cool. So, Derek, unless you have anything else you want to add, I think that's gonna wrap us no, up. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Cool. Finally, some interesting news on the front of PlayStation and xbox getting out there so it's starting the ball's rolling haven't we been waiting for news from playstation on their new console for a while yeah, yeah. so at the game awards xbox revealed the first stuff about their console and that was back in december so almost yeah. three and a half months later we're finally getting news from playstation so isn't that the formula though like because i remember way back when too it was like xbox released all their stats so it gave playstation like like you know in my eyes i was like okay okay they can reevaluate they can you know maybe reallocate some things and yeah. change things around and see like okay well they have this we'll we'll upgrade this part a little bit more and have that stat better um in previous years i know i think the xbox one and the ps5 were announced like days apart from each other um okay so they were much more uh close in proximity last time than they are this time around but yeah i don't know it's they're definitely taking new approaches to things and it doesn't seem like they care so much about fighting each other and are most more so trying to do their own things which is okay. right. I I like good that. for everyone I liked... the, the console wars are over yeah that's like <laughs> that's the starting line to a future book <laughs> the console wars are over we are in a time of peace <laughs> Um, all right cool let's uh let's take a break we've been chatting for a little while we'll take a break and when we come back we'll talk about what games we've been playing lately and then just quickly we'll roll into uh the list of our favorite couch co-op games so yeah we'll be back in a little bit very shortly okay All right, we are back. Let's talk about what games we've been playing lately. I have a new game that I've been playing a decent amount of. Um, but let's start with Adam. Why don't you go first? Anything new, exciting? Uh, well, since Andrew's been talking about it for like the last two episodes, I started playing Binding of Isaac again. Oh, sweet. Burn through, some, burn, through, burn through some achievements on that. How's that going for you? Uh, it's a punishing game. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's what the kind, nature. What, that's okay. What's up? Um, what kind of game is that? I've, I think you mentioned it before. 
Uh, Binding of Isaac is a roguelike, randomly generated dungeon crawler kind of thing. It's so a you just kinda... twin stick shooter. Yeah, yeah. like a yeah. gungeon. Yes. yes. Sweet. But yeah, so not... it's, all, it's all about like uh, this kid named Isaac. His mom goes crazy and wants to kill him, so he flees into the basement. So you're just fighting all these biblical-esque monsters as you delve deeper and deeper into the basement. Wow. Yeah, you're... it's a pretty dark game. Yeah, you're like a fetus. Or a very newborn baby. Yeah, it's very, very dark. You shoot your tears at people. Ugh. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's dark. It's creepy, but it's fun. Huh. Anything else? Uh, so I started playing Hearthstone again this week nice. for a couple reasons. Yeah, was uh, this? You were talking about this two weeks ago, right? There's a new set that just came out. Well, they they just announced it this week. Actually, it's actually some of the biggest shakeups to the game ever. Okay. So we've entered into the new year for Hearthstone, which they're calling the Year of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in the history of the game, they're adding in a 10th playable class. I saw that, actually, that there's a new Hearthstone class. That's really cool. What is it? They added in the Demon Hunter. Fun. Oh. So, yes, it's the first time ever that they've released a new class for the game, and it's a bit different from all the others. So every class has a hero power that usually costs them two mana. The Demon Hunters only cost them one mana. That sounds like it's going to be broken and hard to balance. But it's it's not it's it's not as good of a hero power. Yeah, so well, the hero... that's the assumption. But having something that's consistent across everything else and then having one that's slightly different, it's going to be... I think that will inherently either always be underpowered or overpowered. Just Fair because it, it costs one and everything else costs two, it's going to be hard to make that one in a sweet spot where it doesn't feel broken or useless. fair enough. It is definitely going to be interesting. They definitely have went a different direction with this, but it's also part of them trying to distinguish every class in the game. They also completely are reworking the priest class, like moving pretty much most of its basic card set into the hall of fame format. So it's no longer viable and standard hmm. and replacing with all these new things. They're trying to make priests into a more control based class. Hmm. Fun. That's something they've been doing lately. They're trying to make it so that every class in the game has its own distinct feel, and that it does have some very powerful things about it, but also some weaknesses and shortfallings. So that, that's going to be a little bit interesting. Cool. So I'm just playing that a little bit to get some gold for when the new expansion comes out so I can actually get cards. So Very cool. Anything else? Uh, no, but if anyone out there is thinking about you know playing it again, they've actually got some good incentives now because now if you go through this new story mode they're going to be doing for returning players they'll just give you a deck you can pick one of the decks from their deck builder and they'll give you every card in there to get you started if you're worried about not being able to be competitive Hmm. that's pretty cool yeah they're trying to entice people to come back to playing it on top of uh, now they have protection against getting more than two of the same card so it used to be like, if you got a legendary card, you were guaranteed that legendary was not a legendary you already owned. And now they're doing that for every rarity of card in the game. So you're going to be seeing a lot more variety instead of getting, like, 20 of the same common card in the first 10 packs you open. Sweet. I like changes yeah, like nice. that. Make people's time more respected, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much making it so you're not going to have to dump in as much to get a good experience out of the game which i'm totally here for cool 
Um, Derek, what have you been playing lately? Um, so I recently uh, started playing Hollow Knight again. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have found that after playing both uh, Super Metroid and uh, working through um, Symphony uh, of the Night, Symphony, Symphony of the Night, uh, I am a little bit better at the game. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I think it's just, maybe I'm now. I, I'm a little more uh, understanding of the kind of the the genre. So I, I'm more cautious about you know where what I'm doing and where I'm going and um, trying new paths. Uh, once I you know if I find one path. Like oh I died that way well maybe I won't go that way right now I'll go back get my get my fix my vessel and then I'll go a different way and try a different way for now and uh, I'm definitely enjoying the game a lot more um, I did talk about tell this or uh, talk about this with Jeff a little bit yesterday uh, I'm playing it on the PC instead of the Switch and I don't know if it's uh, kind of a placebo effect or something but it just feels way better. <laughs> I'm sure it runs smoother. You're constantly. It might even be 60 frames as opposed to 30 on the Switch. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So I I did look it up, and it does say that the Switch is 30 or 60, really? but it definitely does dip below okay. thir- uh, below 60 at times. Where I'm sure on my PC it's running at above. Uh, I don't I, I don't have a. I'm running doing it through Game Pass, so I don't have like a FPS counter. Yeah, like I do on Steam, uh, but I, I'm sure it's. I wouldn't be surprised if it's running at 140, 144 the entire time, and uh, yeah. that's probably why it feels and looks stiff better. <laughs> and I'm sure you have a much nicer screen, like you said. What you got a 140 yeah. uh, hertz screen or something like that? Yeah, I have a, a 1440p, 144 hertz monitor, so it, it yeah. just looks great. <laughs> that inherently is going to make it look nicer than it would on the Switch. So yeah. it's definitely not just placebo. It probably is performing and looking nicer. But uh, yeah, that game is so good. Yeah, I I just um, I just got to Crystal Crystal Peak. Okay, cool. Wow, you're kind of cruising through then. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I've, I'm using a guide to yeah. That's what you said. and plus I've already played through this already. Like I got all the way to. Uh, just after doing the Royal Waterways. Okay. Um, but I got lost, and I think I ended up somewhere where I shouldn't have been and was fighting a boss I shouldn't be fighting yet, and that's where I got stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I became so unfamiliar with the game because I hadn't played it in so long that I like couldn't keep playing, so I that's why I started over. That makes sense. And that's one of those yeah. games where once you get a certain distance in and take a long break, trying to go back is impossible because you're like, where am I? What are my abilities? What? And like, yeah. you mechanically aren't as tuned as you were when you were playing it originally. So the monsters you're trying to fight at that point, you just have no chance against because you're not in the flow. So Right. And I was not collecting uh, the, the, what are they, the badges. What are they called? Uh, Charms. The liking. The little, like, badges that give you powers buffs. yeah the charms the charms yes i wasn't collect i think i had two charms in my switch what game yeah i was okay. not yeah i didn't have any like charm notches i like completely ignored that aspect of the game because i just wasn't finding them when i was playing and i didn't i don't think i ever found the merchant that sold them 
So oh. now like that I have that, I'm like, oh, okay, switching out my notches all, or my charms all the time. And... Cool. All right, yeah. So, you were definitely we really missing... really going to talk about your performance. Yeah, I was missing a good aspect of the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, I'm happy to hear that you're playing that again because it's obviously like a lot of our favorite games of the last right, yeah. period of time, decade. It was the number one on our games of the decade list. Right, right. Uh, and then I also picked up... Uh, Borderlands 3 to play because uh, it finally came out on Steam. Wow. Uh, but I probably won't touch that for another week or two. So you just, just bought Doom it? And... You haven't played it yeah, yet? Yeah, I, I just bought it because it, it was on sale. It was like 50% off. So oh, I was like, cool. well, yeah, I'll get it now. <laughs> yeah, wow. Good call. Cool. So I'll, I'll give that a, a playthrough in a couple weeks. But yeah, that's uh, Hollow Knight and Castlevania. That's been my, my game time. So uh, in the similar vein to Hollow Knight, I've been playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which came out last week. Uh, that game's awesome. Yeah, that was a good game. Have you been playing it, Nick? I have not, but I played the first one. Okay. The second so. one... So I played, I don't know, maybe a third of the first one. The second one feels great. So I've been comparing it. So once you unlock more abilities and stuff, the traversal of the world is on a similar level to how it feels to travel in Spider-Man. Oh. Uh, it's just... Interesting. It's so fluid and fast, but you feel fully in control. It's very fun. And you the point I'm at, I think I'm getting close to being about halfway done. You get an ability for just about every button on the controller that has to do with movement. So I'm running with the stick, and then you jump with the A button, and you have a dash on RB, and then you have this lasso, almost Spider-Man-like web tether on LB. Uh and then you can use um, your attacks. You can kind of assign to X, Y, and B. I'm using an Xbox controller on my PC. Um, but there's just so many movement options. Mm-hmm. And it just feels so good. And obviously, it looks beautiful. The original Ori was a, a stunningly beautiful game. This game is even more pretty. Uh, the music, the orchestral swelling, and it's just, it works really well and is very emotional. Uh, and then they've taken some aspects of games like hollow Knight, So they basically brought the charm system over in this game. Okay. And it works super well. It, cause it works really well in hollow Knight, and it works also very well here. Uh, I just bought a charm that gives me a triple jump instead of a double jump. And it kind of breaks the game, but in a good way. So I'm just barely climbing over some ledges that I wouldn't have been able to climb over if I didn't have the triple jump. And I had to save up a lot of money in order to buy this from someone everything else that that guy sells is four or 500 and this was 2200 i think or something like that oh jeez! Okay. Wow. wow but there's there's a charm you can upgrade most of the charms to time well they're not charms in this game i forgot what they're called seals no i forgot what they're called i'm gonna call them charms but you can upgrade most of them <laughs> to time and me being the genius that i am i upgraded the one so there's one that makes it so every enemy drops two extra money every time you kill them and i upgraded it so now they drop four extra money i'm making all the money everybody if you play this game upgrade the one that gives you more money because then you can just buy more stuff (laughs) it's worth the investment um so yeah now i got that triple jump and it feels so good it's like knowing about the wall jump and super metroid before the game teaches you how to do it and Mm. you can get to places that you shouldn't be able to get to that early because you don't know about it yet it's similar to that and it feels really good but yeah the biggest thing for me in this game is how fun the movement feels and there's 
um, similar to Spider-Man, there's um, time trials. Ra- not races. You're kind of racing a ghost of yourself that shows you the optimal path. And in the world, you'll see this is the starting point and then this is the end point. And it will quickly, the screen will slowly scroll through the path that it wants you to take. And then you have to beat your ghost to get there. And I'll fail them anywhere from five to 20 times. But it just feels so good to do that. I, I It's one of those things where, similar to Celeste, um, where you're like, oh, I know what I did wrong here. I just executed this move wrong. And it's a kind of a mm-hmm. trial and error and perfecting that run. And it just feels so good. I really enjoy it. Um, the combat feels great. You get all sorts of different weapons. You get um, basically the knight's uh, nail from Hollow Knight, uh, just a slightly longer version of that. That works really well. You get a hammer for really heavy attacks. One of them is a sentry turret that just shoots on its own. That kind of hovers near you. You get a bow. So you get a lot of options for combat. And the way the combat works is at first I thought it felt kind of button mashy and I could just run in and smash things with my sword and kill them. But each enemy kind of has patterns to them where if you just button mash their pattern will naturally interrupt your button mashing and hit you and hurt you so you could probably do like half to three quarters of an enemy's health just by running at them and mashing the x button but you're gonna slowly die over die over time doing that so basically what you want to do is kind of learn the enemy's patterns and then go in do your couple hits and either jump over them or dash backwards or dash under them if they're jumping over you and kind of it's a puzzle of learning how each enemy works and mastering how to tackle each enemies. And then similar to the, the racing challenges, there are combat challenges um, where you kind of have to fight uh, progressively harder groups of enemies to unlock either new charms or more slots for your charms or lots of money or stuff like that. It's really fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, it definitely takes a lot from Hollow Knight, I feel. Um, I know this game was in development for a pretty long time, right? Because they announced Ori and the Will of the Wisps several years ago. Um, yeah, and then the first, the other one came out years before that, so yeah. it's been a while. So I think my guess is they were working on it, they saw Hollow Knight, and then were like, oh, we should incorporate some of the things this game are doing and put it in this game. So it's up there. It's like I think it's, personally, I feel close to hollow knight and that level i don't know if it quite beats it but i'm really enjoying this game uh i'm excited to play more of it i'm hoping to beat it in the next week week and a half and i'll kind of give my final report when that happens um uh we're planning on launching a website for game sharks where we'll have all of our podcasts we'll have our instagram there um our email will be there we'll be able to get an official email address that's not at yahoo It'll be at, like, <laughs> That's at, pretty cool. at gamesharks.com. We're at, I think it's going to be the Game Sharks or something along those lines. We'll figure it out. Um, but um, we're also going to have a blog there where we're going to write articles and whatnot. And uh, one of the first things I want to do for that website is I'm going to write a review for uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So I'm going to figure out how we're going to want to do a grading scale. And then obviously anyone on the podcast uh, can write articles, whether it's opinion pieces or deep dives on stuff or game reviews or whatnot it's going to kind of be an outlet for all of us um so yeah i'm gonna write a review for ori at some point and put it on the website and once all that's all set up i'll get everyone i'll obviously make an announcement so this is kind of an announcement of an announcement but all right uh, <laughs> is it gonna be like half bites out of 10 jeff or uh <laughs> it's gonna be 
Uh, I don't know. We gotta figure out what the the grading scale is gonna be. But ten out of ten, wood chomp again. Wood chomp again. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really loving Ori, and I'm looking forward to playing it more. Um, that's the only new game that I've played. Obviously, Doom Eternal comes out tomorrow, and I know Derek, you're gonna be playing that. Um, Animal Crossing comes out tomorrow. I'm gonna be playing that for sure. Um, but yeah, new games on the horizon for sure. And then I'm playing. I'm playing Sam and Max Hit the Road for um, the What Did We Miss podcast, which is my brother's podcast. He was on last week. So I think we're recording that next week. So I got to grind through that over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I'll give you guys the details when that's out so you can go over there and listen to that. But uh, Nick, what have you been playing? Um, So mo- most recently, Halo Combat Evolves came out. Yes, on the PC, right? Yeah. So so we um i think actually did we play a few games of that um did you jump in no oh, all right let's do <laughs> um but yeah so it, it was uh like like i had we played we jumped online and we played like four games and we're like halo combat evolves all right so then we, i mean we jumped off we played some custom games and silly games and more togs and um and then uh played halo reach uh, a little more nice <laughs> but um but so so along with that, what else? Um, there was I I recently bought. It's kind of a game I played a while ago, but I wanted to play again. Um, it's Kingdoms of Amalur. Ah, that was an old AK, 360 Xbox arcade game, right? AK. Well, it, no, it was it was a title game. Was it? it what was am I by, thinking of? Oh, uh, I'm thinking of Kingdoms for Keflings. Yeah, you're thinking. <laughs> oh, that's a good game. <laughs> I love the soundtrack for that wow, game. It's awesome throwback. Okay, sorry. Uh, Never mind. <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, it was uh, 38 Studios. Kirk, yeah, that was. That game. Yeah, base, yeah, and that like is still in the news every once in a while in Rhode Island of like the game studio that almost made Rhode Island bankrupt and stuff. Like AKA that. Grand Theft Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but really wanted to play it again. I've been like kind of burning for another hack and slash type game. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and I, my, my, I watched my friend play it a bit. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to play through it again. Cause it was very fun. And like, it gives you that world of Warcraft feel of like being an MMO, but it's, it's not an MMO. It's just an action RPG. Yeah. So, yeah. Very fun to play. Nice. Um, at the same time, I picked up. Uh, so, so a good friend of mine lent me Fire Emblem. Hey, so, yeah. that sounds <laughs> like a mentioned... really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a really nice dude. You should get to know him through ten episodes of podcast prior to this moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so I've been playing that, been enjoying it. I've never played a Fire Emblem game before, and it, it's kind of like like wave of actiony. Like I really love like the turn based how they do all that, but like not that I lose interest. But like yeah, I'm like I'm like fishing stuff like so are you not a fan of all the stuff that you do at the monastery all the in-between stuff it's building it's building a relationship with the characters so in the fights i'm like holy shit oh my god miranda like stay away like or like you know um casper jump back because i don't want you to die because i really freaking care about you yeah (laughs) you're a homie (laughs) those moments at the monastery are really important to making you actually care about the characters i know in older fire emblem games when that didn't exist you just went from battle to battle but the battle and they only there was just some dialogue in between each battle and a little bit during it you didn't feel as strong as a connection to the characters so definitely the monastery and like going and having these conversations with your characters and giving them gifts and returning their lost items to them really builds those relationships and makes you care about them 
Especially if you're exactly. playing with permadeath on, and then you're like, I really don't want you to die, because then I lose you forever. Yeah, so so I'm playing with the mentality of permadeath, but I'm not because I never played a game yeah. before. So I didn't I didn't want my inexperience to like make me lose my favorite character, and I just hate the game. That's fair. So. That's totally understandable. <laughs> um, but uh, so that I've been playing a lot, enjoying. I know you guys have talked about it a ton. <laughs> um, but uh, Smash Brothers, obviously. Um, nice. And but I bought Temtem on Steam. Ah, oh, see, we talked about it, but none of us ever committed to actually getting it. So, what do you think? Yeah. About it? So I, I honestly, I, I've had about maybe an hour and a half into the game. Okay. And it it really brought my thoughts back to one of your earlier episodes where you talk about Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And it it really like it runs similar to Sword and Shield. You know, you run around in tall grass as Pokemon there, or the the Temtemians, I think they're called. <laughs> um, but so, and I was just like thinking the whole time, I'm like, man, I'm really, really dried out from the Pokemon formula. Yeah. So if you love the Pokemon formula, you will love this game. Um, so do you but, think this game isn't doing it for you because it's so close to Pokemon and you're kind of over it? Yeah. Or do you think it's doing enough new things? Yeah. Well, I, I like the combat system a lot. Okay. And it's, it's 2v2, which is very interesting i've I've only kind of dabbled with it before so in in the competitive pokemon world and like professional pokemon battling it is 2v2 so the way it works is uh you go into a battle with an opponent you see the list of six pokemon each player has and then Mm -hmm. each player chooses four of those six pokemon and then you fight with two pokemon out at a time interesting okay so so yeah i mean i mean this one it's like your first two are out on the battlefield for the temtem yeah um but, but yeah, and then I also liked, so instead of, like, was this for, like, the moves, like, the amount of moves your Pokemon could do is the PP, mm-hmm. I think it was called, mm-hmm. PowerPoints or something, yeah. I don't know what it's fit for. Yeah. But for this, it's, like, kind of a, almost like a mana system, where you have, like, you know, 25 mana, Tackle takes 7, but every turn wow. you gain 3 back. Hypnosis takes 12, but you gain 3 back, and then you can rest and gain, like, like 10, 11 or 12 so it, it it prevents you from just spamming like fire blast the whole match it's yeah so more every dude who appears more powerful so, moves cost more resources yeah and like you actually have to rest and you actually have to you know support your your teammate next to you so that i absolutely love the, yeah that's the a cool art change. of the game the colors of the game are beautiful i love the designs of the temtem they remind me and they make me think back to the original 151 like they're like actual creatures they're not like like a, a key or like a lamp <laughs> some of the new pokemon like both real pokemon what are they throwing at us or like some crazy god made out of steel like no it's just like a little creature you'd, you'd actually maybe encounter in the wild if you look a squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and his but... name's his name's nut cheeks <laughs> <laughs> wait what because you know he'll have nuts in his cheeks because <laughs> he's a squirrel you know i could have yeah. named gen one pokemon squirtle is literally just turtle that squirts <laughs> you know a caterpillar is just a caterpillar that pees dude um, onion turtle geodude punchy rock like it's so straightforward you just look at them and describe what they do yeah see nick gets it <laughs> <laughs> um but the, the last point i want to make about temtem and like why i'm going to still play it is the music and it's absolutely fantastic. Would, it was a, would, it's a magical sound shower. Would you, you say like, that it's, it's just slaps? really, really delightful? 
No, no, I said it's a magical sound check. Okay, good, because I hate when people say that thing slap. <laughs> I like to it's, slap it's, them. It's lit, fam. Oh, God, no. <laughs> cool. I'll have to uh, check out some of their soundtracks, because honestly, you have the greatest recommendations out of anyone of all time when it comes to music, especially for me. I remember I was working one day, and you sent me a link. You're like, yo, check out this band. And it was like... <laughs> it was electro it was imperian dawn yeah it was electro synth pop abba <laughs> and it was the coolest thing and i was like man i love this no one else in the world probably loves this but nick vanaco knows that i would love this so if, 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 yep. you, if you say oh, it's good that, and that was <laughs> enough for me to go check it out yeah so um but yeah, absolutely fantastic. And like my my heart sang in like one of the earlier episodes too, where you were like, check out the soundtrack. Don't even play the game for um, Cadence of Hyrule. Dude, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. I like, listen to that like, soundtrack I just stumbled all the time. upon that. Yeah, and I just stumbled upon the soundtrack, and I didn't even play the game. Yeah, that game is like wow. The music in that oh, game is really really good. Phenomenal. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm yep. glad we finally got to talk to someone that actually played Temtem because we kind of talked around it, but none of us ever wanted to get yeah. into playing it. So yeah. So like, so even you know, with with my like the the, the burned out flame for playing Pokemon games, like I still want to play Temtem. Nice. That's good to hear. Because they switched up a lot, and the the other aspects like the music and the the art style and the creatures really pull me in. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Let's uh, move on to our main topic. So I asked everyone here to come up with a list of their three, or not necessarily favorite, but three games they really enjoy to play when they're either sitting on a couch with three other people and there's only one screen and you're all playing this game together, or a game that you can hop online and play with your friends, kind of things to do with other people. Because, you know, we can do social distancing with video games because you don't have to necessarily be close to people to play video games, and it works Yay. great in that way. So, uh, I think the what the way we're gonna do this is we'll go around, we'll each say one, and then we'll kind of keep going around, do two, and we'll do all three, and we'll give short little blurbs about what the game is and why we like it. So, how does that sound, everybody? Good. Sounds yeah. good. The first person yeah, to go, good. oh, I love that game. We'll start to talk about it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start with. Adam, Adam, give me a game that you love to sit down on a couch and play with your buddies. All right, so I gotta say, like an old school classic would have to be Mario Party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. can't go wrong with Mario Party. So, uh, what's your favorite Mario Party? Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to say the most recent one I've owned is Eight, Three? which I always thought that was a really cool one. Was Eight for the? It was on the Wii. Wii? Okay, I still have a copy of it. Nice. It's on the Wii? It's actually one of the few games I got to get my sister to play as well. Nice. So it was always kind of like a go-to yeah. when like, I actually wanted someone to play something with. Yeah. And I know we've played it at probably many a family gathering at this point. Oh, absolutely. Mario Party Very is nice. always one of those games you can bust out. And almost anyone is has played it at some point and is on board to play it too. And, and exactly. And Mario in itself is a broad enough, you know, well-known character where even if you have some friends who are and they're not like super into games like mario party is one of those things that anybody can pick up and know what to do because it's very self-explanatory it's not really challenging but it's just always fun and very replayable yeah yeah um, can i piggyback off that and say the the new mario brothers 
on the Wii. Remember that one? New Where like you could have like Toad and Oh Wii. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's so, Blue Toad and Yellow Toad. Phenomenal. Players. Like anyone can pick that game up. A is jump. B is run. Walk around. And that's anyone can play and have fun. And so, if you die, you just are in a bubble and your t- your friends can pop the bubble and you're right back in. Exactly. So yeah, I just wanted no to piggyback off that. Nice. The the Mario Party. <laughs> awesome. Um cool. Derek, what about you? Um I'm gonna just go right off the the Mario Party and go with Mario Kart. Oh, Ooh. naturally. Yeah. Like the especially I think you have to like the Mario Party Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is probably the best in the series right now. I agree. And it's just so much fun. Uh I've always been a big Mario Kart fan. Um uh, but like I was always better than my friends, so they never wanted to play Mario Kart because it was like we don't have a chance. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but like they, you know, they're like, oh, let's play Smash. It's like, well, I don't, I'm not as good as Smash. <laughs> I want to play Mario Kart. <laughs> have we ever played Mario Kart, you and I? Because I, I claim to be a pretty good Mario Kart player, and it sounds like you're <laughs> claiming to be a pretty good Mario Kart player. <laughs> I, 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 we had to at some point. I really don't think we have. Maybe we haven't. Uh. I would say I played when we do you remember when we did the we we did the um versus thing with our group of friends? Yeah, Birio Kart. I do I remember that. I did play Birio Kart against some? I think it was Nick though. I think I played Nick. Yeah, it wasn't other me. Nick. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, me. Nick. Not yeah, not Nick, not not <laughs> okay. podcast Nick, but other Nick. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. Yo, we got to play Mario Kart. You uh, yeah. Me. Well, definitely. Okay. Sweet. Wow. That's a thing. That's but with friends as well. Oof. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's on. Um, cool. So uh, the first one I have on my list is one that we always bust out whenever we have a group of friends. And you can play this with any amount of group uh, number-wise. And it's always a hit. Even with people who aren't gamers, uh, it's any of the Jackbox party games. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I've yeah. So growing up, there was always a game in my house. is a table game. It's not, It's a board game, I guess. Uh, Balderdash. Uh-huh. And yep. playing Balderdash with my family and specifically my dad are some of my favorite memories growing up. Because like, the ones where you had to make up definitions for things, my dad would come up with the most stupid but clever and funny things. And, oh, man. <laughs> it, I always had so much fun playing that game. And the Jackbox games are all basically video game versions of Balderdash-type things where mm-hmm. you're you're playing either Quiplash where you're coming up with funny um, little answers to questions to try to get people to pick yours thinking it's the funnier one. Or there is one that's basically balderdash where you're coming up with definitions for words or there's a trivia murder party where it's just trivia but you're trying to kill your opponents at the same time and that's good there's just so many fun silly games throughout all of the jackbox games and there's always a hit in all of them i think they're up to six now and each yeah, one has yep, five yep. games in it yeah they're really fun if you haven't played any of those yeah. um they're definitely a good time and like i said you use your phone as the controller so everybody can join in. It's really fun and easy. Definitely. Yeah, a big so, hit. Um to to ride on that idea too. Um for a, a work party we we did that. Someone set up a PlayStation, we had a TV and we had a 
you know, 50 people in our ID department, IT department, just standing around and we, everyone's jumped in. So we had a ton of guests on there and then we had like eight players. So that was really, really great. Um, but what I also want to mention is my friend Masa suggested that in this time, like the times we are right now, I know, I know we did the COVID-19 minute. Okay. Um, but it's perfect. Like you do Jackbox, one person goes on discord or whatever and streams their screen. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else can jump in online and just join the party you can all talk and chat the whole time and practice social distancing <laughs> as well. Um, but that was something I actually like wanted to note and mention is that's a, a great suggestion he had. And that's something we can do to all, you know, stay in touch, be together, but also stay germ free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, yeah, we should do that. That'd be really fun. Absolutely. Yeah um cool i will call you <laughs> i'll have your people talk to my people i'll email you sir uh, adam give us uh your second game on your list all right so this one's more of a pc game rather than a couch game okay so it's uh have you guys heard of deep rock galactic i have oh, never yeah. heard of that nope <laughs> all right you guys i think would enjoy the hell out of this game and you can get it on Steam. It's I think it's still in like an open beta kind of situation, but effectively it's it's four players at a time, and you are space dwarves. I'm on board for that. Diggy diggy hole. It is effectively yes. It, effectively <laughs> that. So the point is, you uh, everyone gets a class. So there's an engineer, gunner, a scout, and uh, crap. What's the last one? Dwarf. Uh, no, a driller. So oh. you're pretty much, it's like a first person shooter, but the point is they send this team of off to a distant asteroid or planet, and your goal is to disembark from your ship, blast your way through giant space insects, and mine a particular type of material, and then get out. So everything's mission oriented, but it's just, it's completely and utterly you and your friends working towards the same goal and it's just a hell of a good time that sounds really fun that sounds great yeah honestly look it up later look up some footage of it it is a lot of fun i'm looking up pictures like, right now and it looks cool it's very stylized for sure uh so to to piggyback off uh off of that i so i've played it a ton uh i played it with dante a lot uh we picked it up i think when it uh when it first went into early access i want to say or maybe like a little bit after um it is super fun and um but it goes in line with i think it's a lot like left for dead i love left for dead yeah oh so yeah that's my <laughs> my second one on my list would be like the left for dead series uh or these other f- four player um co-op games uh uh another one is uh warhammer vermintide 2 is a lot of fun uh, that one's more has a little more RPG elements to it, but it's still kind of same thing. You're working your way through missions with your buddies and uh, just going. I don't, you know, like they're just so much fun. Uh, right on. In line <laughs> with that GTFO as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's right. That's, that's another one. Just dropping that. <laughs> uh, uh, what's uh, evolve? Oh well, th- that died. Oh, Valve. Oh. What? Evolve. Oh, Evolve. Yeah. Is that Xbox oh, okay. exclusive? I have that game. 
I oh, bought no. it. <laughs> oh, it died though? Yeah. Oh, it died like a month and a half after launch. Rip. Okay. Aw. Yeah. Did people uh, know how to exploit it or just didn't get popular? Didn't catch on? Yeah, it just didn't catch on. I think it was a. Uh, that one was a. Uh, uh 4v1 mm-hmm. one person was a giant monster and the yeah, other people so were hunting them yeah it, it was a cool concept the i really i really enjoyed it playing the monster was hard for me i was better at like playing the people but a lot of people were really good at the monster yeah uh yeah it was a cool concept i think just didn't didn't catch on <laughs> hell yeah um cool nick give me your number two my number two, well, you skipped my number one. So my number two I thought your is... number one was uh, Mario. Mario? I mean, yeah, I scribbled it out and wrote something else, so I'd still have three. Oh, I didn't know okay. how we were doing this. Sorry. All right, go um, for it. Give me, give <laughs> no, me a game. No. How about that? <laughs> number two, Battlefront 2. Star ah, Wars Battlefront 2. The original Star oh, Wars Battlefront 2? Yeah, the, the PlayStation yeah. 2 one. Yeah. Ooh, that game is so fun. I used to put so much time into that with Willis. Oh, oh, Willis. Oh, Willis. Homie. I don't think Willis listens to the podcast. It makes me a little sad, but man, that game was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, so very fun game. I mean, like generally you had to like know the game, not know the game, but like like the game, but you could sit down with anyone and just play it and it'd be great. And you walk around and shoot stuff. You could either be on the same team and shoot some CIS and shoot some robots or whatever you wanted, or you could just jump in the, the Jedi assault on Moss Eisley. If anyone knows that specifically, um, but it was a big Jedi battle where everyone just picked all the Jedi's. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Oh yeah, so it was a special game mode, and you just did assault on Mos Eisley. Huh? It's kind of it was kind of a hidden thing. Interesting. My favorite thing was always if you got enough kills with just the basic rifle, you unlocked a significantly stronger version of that rifle. That was always my goal yeah. every single time I played. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I did have a profile with all those, but like even like like the rocket launcher class had the guided rockets and stuff. Like Yeah. It was good. Um and, and this was the game that um also with couch co op, but also brings me back to like the original online gaming. Like yeah. for this one I was I was in a clan and like you had to assign your your matches online and like practice times and, and everything like that like it was and it was like it brought me back like is like the, the classic days of like socom and like all the original online games that brought all that together and like all these communities that just like loved the competitive end of it and loved the games and i'm like how can we do it the game doesn't offer a offer a tool to to set up a match so i was like all right we'll set up a private channel get on the site to get the password you have to be a member of the clan and blah 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 like <laughs> So yeah, it was the very beginnings of like yeah online gameplay. Yeah, so yeah, so that's a sweet. But then you could sit down with your buddy and play it too. Just say uh, <laughs> nice. Say so it. sorry, that's my number two. I, I totally digressed really hard. But... <laughs> that's okay. That's the point. Uh, my number two is a game that I only discovered recently. It's been out for a while. It started as an Ouya exclusive. Oh, Ouya! <laughs> and it was Ouya. It's made by Matt Makes Games, who made one of my favorite video games of all time. You probably know it. It's called Celeste. I love that game. Uh, <laughs> it's Towerfall. So, yeah, I only discovered this recently. And it's basically just Celeste, but multiplayer. Everyone's on a single screen. And everyone spawns with a bow and two arrows. And you just got to kill everyone. 
And yep. <laughs> there's a couple game modes. There's last man standing wins. There's person with the most kills after so many rounds wins or first one to so many kills. And once you shoot an arrow, you lose that arrow, but it's sticking into the wall. So you can go and pick it up. You can pick up other people's arrows. There's power-ups. You can dash and catch other people's arrows. And it's just so much fun. It's like the same... <laughs> style of movement sls so it's very fluid and smooth and it feels good to control and that's what makes it so good is just it just feels good and there's nothing more satisfying uh we were playing over the weekend at our big land party and i had i won a game by kind of falling down it does the thing that uh, pac-man does where when you go down at the bottom of the screen you come out the top and if you go all the way off to the right you come out the left and vice versa um so i fell or I jumped up from the bottom of the screen. Someone shot an arrow at me. I dashed and caught it and then immediately shot it back at them. It was, And you can pull off these slick maneuvers like that just because of how well it controlled. And it felt so good. And everyone started screaming and cheering. And they played it in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, Hell yeah. Towerfall is a game I highly recommend for anyone that has like a group of friends. You can play up to six people. Um, it's It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Give us your that last one. Uh, my last one, uh, you know, I I always got to go with is probably on people's list too, but it has to be Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, man, Smash yeah. is just the best. I thought about putting it on my list, and I was like, no, someone else is gonna have it on their list. It's just, <laughs> it's the perfect I, couch game. I have exactly, Halo on everyone's list too. <laughs> you have when Halo. Ultimate came out. Oh. Yeah, like when Ultimate came out was uh, when was that? Last year, twenty seventeen, December of twenty seventeen. No, really? sorry, 2018. December of 2018. Okay, sounds... It's been that long? Yeah. Wow. It doesn't, doesn't seem like it. But yeah, we were, I was pretty much all my friends got it and we were just at their house. We'd play it whenever we had it downtime because we were still in the middle of classes and all that. But it, we even got some of our friends who weren't really big gamers to try it. And it's just infinite fun. The game never really changes but it never gets boring at the same time it's always there it's always solid and it's always just a lot of fun yeah um i just always feel like i'm learning something new i i take the game pretty seriously um and i'm always trying to get better and as close to competitive as possible i'm obviously never going to be as good as the top players in the world but that's like what i'm striving for is to like emulate them as best as i can and even now i'm still picking up a new character like i just started playing zero suit samus and i'm putting all sorts of time and effort into learning Zero Suit Samus and watching all sorts of guides and stuff to try to perfect her and learn how she plays to try to beat and people and play the best, play her the best that I can. And that's the thing is everyone can get a different level of enjoyment out of this game. Like me trying to master and perfect one character brings me so much enjoyment, but there are plenty of people out there who play on just random Main stages. Rando. <laughs> yeah or they play on random stages with all items on and four player free-for-all and they have a blast with it you know it fills so many different places or uh <laughs> slots for people and can be so many different things for so many different people and in the end it has this insane rosters of characters that everyone is gonna find a character they love from a franchise they love and just have fun with it you know it's just so good hell yeah cool uh nick give us your Give us your last one. Pick one and and rant about it for me. Okay, so this one's this one I played. It, it was definitely the perfect cat, not the perfect, but for me it was. And I had so much fun with Daleks, not the Dalek from Doctor Who, but my friend Daleks 
And it was from 2005. I, I had to bring up the wiki page, but it's developed by Vicious Cycle Software and Global Star Software. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of either of those developers. Um, but in 2005, they released Spy vs. Spy. Ah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, has anyone ever heard of the game? I think yes. I've played it with you before. It's Have a, you? Okay. It's been a yeah. very long time, but I definitely played that with you. The PlayStation 2 Xbox game. Um, and yeah, that was the silliest, funniest, stupidest multiplayer couch co-op game I had experience with. Like, Secret Weapons Over Normandy was close. I'll definitely give that a runner-up. <laughs> it was just a dogfighting game. You just shoot planes. But like, Spy vs. Spy was so goofy and fun and charismatic and ridiculous and absolutely loved it. Tight. What do you do in it exactly? It's like um, third per- kind of third person-y, and like there's a level you walk around, and I like I'm I'm actually like drawing blanks on the main point, but I know it's <laughs> like defeat your opponent, quote unquote. It's not kill them, but it's like with a pie in the face the most times. They're like like you set booby traps in rooms, like you open up like safes and stuff, you unlock them, mm-hmm. but you could either booby trap it or there'd be a great item in there for you to use. So it's like, do I open this? Do I walk to the next room? Has he been here before? The last room was cool. Can I can I open up this trap door kind of thing? Like, so it was very like a silly mind game, but of course it was split screen, so you could just watch your you know the screen peeking screen sheet factor was there. <laughs> but I really trained my eye to not do that as much as I say, but as much as I could. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was pretty much like set of booby traps. I think you had like missiles and like little guns and stuff. You can try and shoot your opponent. So if you weren't directly in the room fighting with them, you could set up like a punching bag when they when they stepped on this certain colored platform and have it punch them in the face and do damage <laughs> to them. Nice. Yeah. Fun. Very, very it, fun. It gives me very vibes fun. of, um, well, not quite. Do you remember Hidden Plain Sight? <gasps> that ninja game. And there's there's a, there's a bunch of different games, yeah. but like the main one oh. was there's just a room full of sprites, and it starts, and you don't know what sprite you are, and you have to figure out which sprite you are, and then you have to run around <laughs> and figure out what sprites other people are and try to kill them. But when you kill yeah. someone, you, you kind of reveal who you are. Uh, that game was that was that oh was that was really fun. Fun. Uh, <laughs> All right, Derek, give us your last one. All right, so my last one is. Less of a couch go up and more of a uh, just online social distancing game to play. Uh, but basically any BR. Uh, yeah. I feel like at, we're at this point now where um, there's enough BRs on the market, especially free. Uh, battle Royale? Like, yeah, Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, Battle Royale. <laughs> battle Royales. Oh. Uh, oh. Like uh, Fortnite. <laughs> or Apex Legends, or the new Call of Duty Warzone, where like the free, all your buddies just download them and you just go in and you just play. Uh, I know I've had a ton of fun playing uh, battle royales with friends. Um, it's just it can be like good laugh, uh, a goofy fun time, or you know time to take things. You know, maybe want to get a little serious and maybe try to go for the win and, and stuff like that. But they're I th- I love them and. Uh, I think they're a classic. They're going to be a classic genre going forward. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, Heck I mean, yeah. the fact that uh, Fortnite has become the biggest game on the planet is kind of a testament to how fun of just a style of game it is and just endless amounts of fun that could be played from it, for sure. Uh, Alright, cool. Well, then I guess I'll just quickly hop into my last one. Uh, I got a question for for you, Derek. Uh, be? Have, ultimate chicken horse? Be. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Ultimate oh, chicken horse. I forgot about. Yeah. That. I love. Um, it might be my favorite. Like, have four people sit down on a couch and just yeah. play a game. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> the sheep. Uh, so there's basically. Have you ever heard of Ultimate what? Chicken Horse, Nick? What? I'm a what? <laughs> have you ever heard of this, <laughs> this game? I have not. No. So oh, it's so much fun. Basically, everyone picks an animal. There's a. You can be a chicken, a horse. There's a sheep who just makes the funniest. He, <laughs> we always make fun of because it, it just goes <laughs> all the time. You can be uh, what? There's a monkey. There's a squirrel. There. They just came out with a snake as a brand new character. And the way it is is it's a screen. Uh, the most basic one or the level one is there's a farm, and then I think it's a silo on and like they're on the opposite ends of the screen. In between is just this big open gap. And you have to get from one end to the other. And the first person to get there gets points. Or everyone who gets there gets points. Uh, but if everyone makes it, no one gets points. But the trick is, at the start of each round, there's this big uh, wheel kind of of items. Boxes, uh, traps, uh, I don't know, platforms, ladders. Spy versus spy. And you just plant. <laughs> and it's just a 2D screen. And everyone grabs an item and puts it somewhere on the map. And then the round starts and it says go. And everyone has to try to jump and get across to the flag. And everyone who does gets a point unless uh, everyone makes it, in which case the game goes, that was too easy and no one gets a point. Uh, and whoever gets there first gets an extra point or a certain amount of extra points. And if one of your traps kills someone's, then you also get a point. And there's all sorts of different maps and it's just shenanigans and it's really fun. And basically you're just making it's the name ultimate chicken horse makes sense because you're playing chicken because you're like you're trying to get platform and get across but you're kind of like letting your opponents go first to see how to get there but then also you're trying to beat them to it but it's also horse because you're basically taking turns in like a game of horse you're setting i don't know you're setting up the thing like the shots basically like i bet you can't make it by jumping from this platform it's it's interesting. It's really fun. I highly recommend it. Ridiculous. Next time you come over, I'll show you Ultimate Chicken Horse. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, we play it all the oh, time. Yeah, it's great. yeah. Uh, it's a good time. All right, cool. So I'll those see are you next year. Yeah, these are some of our suggestions for uh, games to play. If you're trapped at home with siblings or family members, and you're looking for games to play, or if you're you have a computer and you want to play things online with your friends, we got a little bit of both in there for you. So um, some definitely good options for you. So check those out if you're just looking for some. Things to kill time when we are all quarantined. Uh, let's take one more break, and then when we come back, we'll do trivia, and then we'll get out of here. Sound good? Trivia, trivia, Ooh. trivia. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who's ready to do some trivia? I'm ready. All right. So I figured we would have the most um, relevant, time relevant trivia that we possibly could, but also pertaining to video games. What's a video game that has to do with virus outbreaks? 
Pandemic. That's a board game. There's a. It's also a Flash game on ArmorGames.com or something. Resident Evil. We're going to do Resident Evil trivia nice. because it has to do with virus outbreaks, and I can't tell if it's insensitive or funny. I need a hab. I need a hab. <laughs> Man, only you understand that joke. You and Corey. Seven minutes. It's all the time I can spare for trivia. Uppercutting boulders. Do you have to leave in seven minutes? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's oh. a line Wesker said. He's like oh. seven minutes. That's all I can spare for you. Oh. And it was a big, it was a big part of the game. And then he like goes to catch a flight and tries to infect the whole world. Anyway, anyways, I'm pretty sure you know more about Resident Evil than both Derek and Adam do, and I'm pretty sure Andrew doesn't know much about it either. So, but this is gonna be fun. All right, ready? Yeah, I should the zombies. All right, let's go. Question number one. Also, I don't have any like whiteboard or anything to kind of see. So I'm, this is an honor system. No cheating. No Google. I'm writing down my answers in pencil. Okay. Ready? Question number one. What is the name of the company that is responsible for the T-virus outbreak? Oh, my God. I watched the movie the other day, too. I should know this. Ooh, gross. I'm sorry. I need everyone to audibly tell me when they have an answer, too, because I can't look. I have an answer. I am uh, sure. All right, Derek, you go first. The Umbrella Corporation. Adam? Yeah, I did remember it was the Umbrella. What did you put? Wait, what did you put? Umbrella Corporation. You did put Umbrella? Yes, I did. Okay, That's one point. Thinking. One point for everybody. Yeah, one point. Good job, everybody. Uh, I went pretty easy with this trivia as a whole, just because I wasn't sure everyone's Resident Evil knowledge. But they get harder as they go. Question number two. Oh. What's the name of the city where the outbreak happens? Nick, you definitely know this one, because we played a game named after this city. I'm writing it down, <laughs> and, and that game was lit. <laughs> It was objectively a bad game, but we had a lot of fun playing that game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I remember is us having fun. Couch co-ops. We had so much fun. Uh, Everybody have an answer? Yes. Uh, Adam, what's the name of the city? Who's first, Jeff? Adam is first. Uh, Raccoon City. Nick? Yes. (laughs) Derek? I put Raccoon City. All right, the answer is <laughs> Raccoon City. Yeah, Raccoon Woo! City. Good job, everybody. It's two points for everyone. Wow, everyone's doing great. I swear Wasn't to it, God, it's not it was either the auto it. shotgun or they had like a grenade launcher in that game that was super OP. Yeah, the grenade launcher was busted. Okay, it was one of those guns. Was it Operation Raccoon Aver- City? Or... Yeah, we played so much <laughs> of that game. So bad. I, so I good. swear to God, the only reason I know this is because I watched that. Resident Evil Raccoon City movie on HBO a few weeks ago. Oh, man. Those movies are bad. It was just on. I needed something to do. All right, then you probably won't get these next two because these are very game-specific. Question number three. There are two main playable characters in the original game. Who are they? You get a point for each one you get right. God damn it. Wait, what? In which playable game? Yeah, in the first Resident Evil game on the PlayStation, there's two main playable characters. Who are they? And you get one point for each one that you get. Oh, God. Uh, Uh-oh. I haven't played them. Yeah. I mean, they're characters that persist throughout the franchise. They come back and make appearances in more than one game. Absolutely. I only remember the first names, though. Does Does everybody have uh, their guesses? I have names. Okay, we're gonna go with you, Adam, because I feel like you're least likely to go f- to get it right. <laughs> no offense. All right, just, just a couple of generic names. I hear uh, Matt. I don't know, it's <laughs> something I got. Matt I, and I, I, 
Yeah, Lila. I've got a weird feeling about a name Lila for something. Nope. Uh, Derek, go ahead. I all I've got is girl and guy. <laughs> you did get their genders correct. I'm proud of you. All right, Nick, what do you got? Oh, I have Leon and Jill. Ooh. Uh, you, oh, it's. Uh, you fuck. get one point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Jill and... So the girl is Jill Valentine, and the guy oh, is Chris Redfield. Chris Redfield, the man oh, who play... uppercuts boulders. Is it what? He's in the first game. He was yeah. in the first game. Yeah. I thought he was in the second. No, Leon's oh, wow. in the second right. game. Okay. I literally right, played. Are mixed. The the first Resident Evil like a year ago. Uh, do, do you have Leon's last name? Leon Sorry Kennedy. Kennedy. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Question number four. What are the Resident Evil games called in Japan? They have a different name. The name is in English, but it's not called Resident Evil. What is it called? Oh. Uh, tricky, tricky. Hmm. Who knows? Does everyone have anything written down? Yep. I got a guess. Okay, Derek, go first. Biohazard. Adam? Uh, that sounds better, but I put Outbreak. Nick? Zombie Shooty? Zombie Shooty. <laughs> no, I don't know. Derek is correct. It is Biohazard. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you notice, if you go on Steam and buy any of the Resident yeah. Evil games, they're all Resident Evil Seven slash Biohazard Seven or whatever. Uh, um. Yeah. Cool. Question number five: Who is Leon Kennedy trying to save in Resident Evil Four? He gets sent to. I think he's in Spain on a, Los Umbros or something. on a secret mission to save a specific person. You can either tell me their name or who the person is. I know who the person is. You know, okay. Oh, I think I read some about this one. All right, all right. Everybody all right. ready? Cause yeah. That's a good game. I'm 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 excited for the Resident Evil 4 remake and yeah. also any of the Silent Hill remakes they might make. But let's just sit here quietly and wait. Resident Evil 4 is in our video game book club list, so we're going to play it at some point. All right. What are you buying? Um, all right, Adam, go first. Uh, was she some kind of princess or something? I know she's uh, like something important. Um, uh, Derek? Not close enough. <laughs> you could say a modern princess being the president's daughter. Oh, Nick? You could say the president's daughter. It is the president's daughter. Does anyone know her name? No. Uh, Victoria? I'm no. going to guess. Her name is no. Ashley. Ah, Ashley. Yeah. Ashley Wong? Uh, nope. Ashley. Okay. I, I was, President. I was in a sim. Oh. I wasn't right. Yeah, you were, you were right, but I can't give it to you. Um, I, I, and even I, I, if you did get it, it, you wouldn't have won. But we have a tie between yeah. Derek and Nick with four each. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You know what that means. We're going to the tiebreaker. All right, ready? Tiebreaker question. What was the release date of the origin, original? Resident Evil game. I need month, day, year. Closest one wins. Okay. Oh, jeez. Of the original? Original. The PS1 Resident Evil game. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Googling Resident Evil. <laughs> um, All right. The original PS1 game. Yep. I need a month, oh, boy. day, year. No, no, no. All right. Okay. Is are you guys ready? Uh I, I've got uh, I got something. I'm guessing all right. 
I got I got my guess right. Okay, Derek, go ahead. October thirty first, nineteen ninety eight. Nick. October first, nineteen ninety three. Uh okay. I oh I have to math this out. Because <laughs> I think you guys are pretty close. Um okay, hang on. Let me write those down. October first, nineteen ninety three. So you put ten one ninety three, Nick? And Derek, yes. you have ten thirty one ninety eight. So the actual date is March twenty second, nineteen ninety six. Wow, that's like right in the middle. Yeah, so uh you were so Nick was October um November, December, January, February, March. So that's five months, two years. And then Derek. I just wanted to like price uh, it. I think Nick won. Guess like, yeah. like one day over what you guessed, you know? Like, oh, yeah, like November 1st, 1998. <laughs> Derek was uh, October, September, August, July, June, May, April, March. Derek was seven months and two years. Yeah. So oh. Nick, Nick wins by yeah by three months. Woo! Undefeated <laughs> on podcast trivia. Woo, doggy. Permanently retire. You know, it's good to it's good to quit when you're on top. Never come yeah. back to the podcast ever again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations, Nick. Thanks. Ooh. All right. Wow. What an honor. And thank Is you. Is there like for, an award I'm gonna get or something? Uh, no? just, you can just... flaunt it in Andrew's face as being the only undefeated person. <laughs> Hey Andrew, I'm undefeated. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Nick. I was really happy to have you on. I hope we can have you on again sometime soon. Thanks so much for having me. This of was a, a pleasure, sir. Yeah. And um, sirs. Yeah. So, um, if anybody would like to send us an email with questions or uh, some trivia suggestions or topic suggestions, you can send us an email to. Uh, what is it game sharks podcast at yahoo.com and yeah send us anything you got we'll read it out on the podcast and it'll be a good time and if you want to follow us on instagram or twitter or instagram is at game sharks podcast uh we post a picture every week kind of with themed with whatever we're talking about that week and then we have um i think the posts go through instagram on our twitter too uh at game sharks cast i'm not super active on the twitter but you can follow it if you want to um so yeah that wraps up this week next week we're definitely going to be talking about doom we're definitely going to be talking about animal crossing and who knows maybe we'll have some other fun topic to talk about but that kind of... hold up hold up hold up Uh-oh. what is the email address did i totally miss that bit of information yeah it's game sharks podcast at yahoo.com you said it so fast okay sorry yeah <laughs> game sharks podcast at yahoo.com is where you Fair. can find us I'll allow it. All right. Sorry. All right. Sorry. That's okay. I appreciate you helping us out. <laughs> All right. And on that note, we are going to go and stay quarantined for who knows how long. But you can always find comfort in the Game Sharks podcast. Until next week, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. <laughs> All right.